enter the second half of the Dave Nemo Show this morning. We are entering into the fourth quarter of the year and to uh, bring it in, not necessarily banging a glass of champagne over the uh, radiator of a truck is Tim Hatchoff. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. How are you today? Pretty good. Pretty good. We'll take a cup of coffee over that glass of champagne here. That's right. Um, as I as I kind of mentioned earlier, Tim, uh, we've spoken through the year about the increased demand for shipping due to the growing economy continues to grow, uh, and how that has impacted the trucking industry in virtually every area. So now, as we enter into the fourth quarter, um, and indicators just as well, a retail demand, industrial production, all of the indicators tend to remain strong. Um, Tim, how do you assess the strength of the industry through the end of the year now? I think it's going to continue to be, you know, really strong. We're just, uh, you know, we we saw second quarter GDP be over 4%. You know, we don't have third quarter numbers yet, but I think everyone's predicting over 3%. Unemployment's at, you know, near record lows. Um, and we see, as you mentioned, retail sales being at, uh, at, at strong highs. So all the indicators are, you know, for a very, very good fourth quarter. Um, I do think what may be a little bit different than last year, you know, last year was a very strong fourth quarter, but it, it had to do with a couple things uh, converging. You know, we did have the economy picking up kind of the start of the, the good run that we're on, and then we had a couple of hurricanes hit at the same time. So, you know, last uh, last year, the fourth quarter, uh, starting in September, and then going on in through the, the whole fourth quarter of October through December was, I'll call it kind of chaotic strong uh, demand. And I think we're going to see that same strong demand this year, but I think it's going to be more of, of organized chaos, so to speak. I think shippers, carriers, others are more prepared uh, for that strong demand. And you know, while you hear out there, hey, I think I think demand is waning some. I think we got to now start taking a look. We're at that point where demand is year over year stacking, uh, you know, quite strong. So what I mean by that is, you know, last year said fourth quarter demand, uh, I think for truckload freight was maybe up about twelve percent, and you know, this year they're predicting it up being up five. Well, that's on top of the twelve percent of last year. So while it may not be percentage wise as big as last year, when you start stacking it, it's still real strong growth in demand. Man. Yeah, those numbers can be misleading, can't they? I mean, 12 percent, 5 percent, you know, the the first glance response is, oh, well, gee whiz, uh, not as good as last year. But as you say, uh, it's on top of that 12. So um, that is pretty um, that is pretty incredible. Is that pretty scary, though, at the same time? You know, it, it can be uh, because, you know, we know what 12% did last year. And, you know, the fourth quarter is typically one of the strongest quarters of the year for truckload freight with the, you know, the holiday season. And so, as I mentioned last year, it was somewhat chaotic. And so we've been working a lot with customers as we come into this fourth quarter and saying, okay, we know that demand is going to be, you know, certainly what we had last year plus another, say, 5% on top of that. How are we going to manage that? You know, so one of the things that we're even doing as a carriers say, we need to make sure we, we keep our network what we call much more balanced. So as there's opportunities to to pick up freight in an area, we have to watch where that goes so we don't, uh, you know, overload another area. So say, for example, you're in New Orleans down there. If we have a lot of opportunity down there to go to, say, Pennsylvania, 
Um, it, it may be a great opportunity because it's a new opportunity. There's a lot of demand there. But if we pile too many trucks into one area, then that doesn't help our customers, say, out of Ohio because I'm not getting trucks in, in Ohio then like I normally do. So we're, we're trying to be more uh, precise about how we handle the increased demand so we continue to meet our customers' needs uh, and our commitments on a, on a more balanced um, in a more balanced manner. And certainly our customers are coming to us this year uh, in, in advance uh, more concerned concerned about, hey, uh, you know, you're committed to haul, say, you know, 25 loads a day out of Columbus, Ohio for me. Uh, are you sure you can do that? And so, as I mentioned, I think going into this year, uh, there's much more coordination. Uh, we're going to be, while demand will be increased, I think it will be less chaotic. You brought up something here that I kind of just want to circle back on just for a moment because there's not there's nothing we can do about weather. But you mentioned the hurricanes last year. We've had Florence over on the East Coast. But right now, as we speak, something that I don't remember running through on the program, I just can't remember ever talking about a, a hurricane, which is now a tropical depression, but a named storm, Rosa, over in the uh, Pacific, coming in and out of Mexico, which is now affecting Arizona. Rosa is going to affect weather into southern Idaho. And when was the last time you heard about a hurricane affecting Idaho? And again, at the moment, it's a tropical depression. But what I'm getting at is that if weather was ever unpredictable and a game changer, Man, that is becoming such a wild car now. That that wild card is almost literally on fire. And what I'm asking you here is in your talks, in your planning, in your negotiations, is weather becoming more and more of a top-of-the-page type topic? It is, and, and it's partially because, just as I was kind of alluding to, is as we have the, the best laid plans, they say, uh, for a fourth quarter with our customers, and as I said, managing it more uh, this year than in the past, what can throw that all off is weather, um, and particularly in parts of the country where you don't expect it, just as you're mentioning. And, you know, uh, that can flip us into, when, when demand is still increasing, back into that chaotic state. And that's not really good for anyone. Sure, it, it creates some immediate short-term demand in the trucking industry, and that may increase some spot market rates or otherwise. But it takes uh, everyone's kind of network uh, out of whack. And, and so, yes, I, I think customers have become more aware of that. And I think that's what we're seeing. You know, it, it, the whole distribution system, as we've talked, you know, probably 10, 12 years ago changed because um, our manufacturers, their customers wanted their product closer to them. They wanted everything to be within a day. So we had more distribution centers and length of haul has gone down. I think we're seeing more staging of product throughout the country, not only because of customer demands, but because of in the tight market like it is today, we can't react to weather fast enough. So we have to have our product distributed because we never know weather will imp- where weather will impact us. Well, you know, that's almost ironic, isn't it? Customer demand is causing a shifting of trucking logistics and product placement, if you will. But at the same time, there's an added benefit of of having stuff closer to where it's going anyway. So if the weather does hit, and we know it will, uh, and it'll be unexpected, um, at least you're a, a little bit ahead of the game here uh, due to... Um, Almost the unintended consequences of uh, consumer demand. That's that's kind of a cool thing when you think about it. 
It is, and certainly we we as an industry, along with our customers, learn from from other, every weather event. I think you know coming into Florence this year, and while it certainly impacted a lot of folks in the Carolinas, wasn't quite as significant as uh, the storm in Houston last year. Uh, our preparedness, our staging of equipment, our customer staging of product, we just seem to get better every time we have a, a major storm. And and having those forward DCs uh, already available uh, are a big part of that, where you can uh, you know fill those up and have them ready uh, to quickly react to the need for the, the people in those impacted areas. You know, Tim, talking about how carriers are trying to keep up with the growing economy, uh, the demand for tractors and trailers is nothing less than skyrocketing. Uh, there are some estimates out there, and you know this, uh, that orders for tractors and trailers have increased by roughly 150% this summer, say July of this year compared to July of last year, uh, that is huge. Uh, how have you guys at Crete and Schaefer respond to this? Are you ordering more tractors and trailers for 2019? And the thing of it is, that's a real touchy thing too, isn't it? I mean, do you order, and an, if, if, if you don't order enough, you're cut short. If you order too many, it's like, oh, man, boy, talking about having to play Goldilocks on this one, huh? Yeah, just right. be a real, you're exactly right. And it can be a real challenge predicting, um, you know, exactly the number of trucks you, you need uh, and trailers because, as you know, they're not cheap. Uh, so you, uh, you order uh, 100 too many trucks and you've got, uh, you know, tens of millions of dollars uh, sitting out there not being utilized. So we have to be very, um, you know, precise in doing that. And what we used to have the luxury is of is being able to wait. Um, you know, hey, we could we could wait till December and, and figure out what we needed in January through, you know, March. Now with this high demand that you mentioned, we have to pretty much order out right now for all of 2019. So uh, fortunately, we're of a size where we can deal directly with the um, manufacturers of the equipment. So we are doing that and we'll lock in receiving so many trucks, you know, every month, um, January through December next year, and the same with our trailers out there, um, you know, and so that that is something we do have to kind of use the crystal ball on, but with the demand the way it is for equipment, if we don't do that, we certainly could run short, and, and that, that's probably a little bit worse than having too many trucks, so we do have to be careful in that way. You know, one of the things this indicates, though, which I've, I think us in the industry have always been concerned about, is does this mean we're we're bringing on a lot of capacity? You know, there's a lot of new trucks and trailers coming into the market, and one of the things I guess I probably didn't realize as much until looking at this a little bit more recently is um, we're, we're probably not adding a lot of trucks to the overall market, and I think the average age of, of the, the Class A truck has been going down. And surprising to me, I hadn't, you know, I know a couple of years ago we were exporting a lot of trucks to Russia and other places, but uh, our exports of trucks in, in 2017 were one of the highest years of exports in trucks in the last 15 years, and, and 2018 has been a strong export year as well. So I'm not certain we're really adding trucks um, to uh, our overall capacity as an industry. Yeah, man, that's another thing you got to really be careful because if there's anything that you want balanced perfectly, that's supply and demand um, capacity and, um, um, you know, commodity. So there's another um, balancing act, I guess you might say. 
That's right. And, you know, I, I think we are seeing uh, on the trailer side, though, we are seeing an increase in the overall number of trailers. But I think as a whole, uh, that may be an impact of the LDs and actually a good thing overall for drivers as we've been, as we've talked on the show before, we've been working hard to increase the amount of drop and hook uh, to use our driver's times more effectively. And we've had good success, and I think other carriers have, in, in getting shippers and receivers to do that. I think what sometimes people forget when we get a shipper or receiver to agree to that, that means we need more trailers because we have to have empty trailers sitting there as we bring in a loaded one. So I do think part of the uh, increase in the trailer market is an overall increase in the number of trailers, but I think that as an industry should help us be more efficient. This may turn into Dave's dumb question of the day, Tim, but... Uh, well, you get the dumb to... answer of the day then. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are no dumb answers. Um, not from you at any rate, I can tell you that right now. But let me ask you this, um, and, and, and this may be a little picky unish too, but um, okay, you need more trailers because of demand and, 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 and placement you, and, and regionalization and the ability to drop and hook. You have to have something to hook to uh, when you drop that one. Um, is there any talk at all, and I don't know that it's an actual thing yet, but it might be in some places where you're having a bit of a problem finding places to actually stage trailers now? Because everybody, a lot of, a lot of bigger carriers are buying a lot more trailers. Well, Dave, as usual, you're you're very perceptive. That's not a dumb question at all, and that is one of the major things that we are talking to um, most of our shippers about and many of our receivers. And what we're finding is, particularly if you look at some of our, our manufacturing clients that have you know, facilities that are in um, an industrial area, industrial part of town, maybe more in that center city, that factories that they've had for 60 or 70 years, there's just not space around them mm-hmm. to stage trailers. And But they certainly see the benefit that this would provide. It helps them get capacity. It helps them you know, be efficient. And, and coming up with a solution in those cases, um, you know, in the past, I'd say even just two years ago, customers weren't even willing to look to come up with solutions. Um, today, they are fun- look, working with us, working with us to say, how do I find a solution? If I find a, for example, a drop yard, you know, maybe three quarters of a mile from my factory, and I just have a driver that shuttles tra- trailers back and forth, would you allow me to take your trailers back and forth and, and do that? And so, and when we're making those types of arrangements and agreements with our customers, because yeah, much like parking, that's a challenge for all industries, parking of trailers in some you know parts of the country near factories and DCs, if there isn't the space, what do you do? Yeah, the symbiotic relationship of characterized by, hey, let's make this work is starting to really play into things. It is, and that's been, uh, you know, we're fortunate here at Crete and Schaefer to have great customers to, to work with in that way, and we really have made a lot of progress. And we've always made good progress with our customers. What's always been a little bit more challenging is their customers, which is, to you know, the receiver, because we have less uh, control over that. And I think what we're finding now is these the receivers now are going, well, if I want to get product, I need to make sure I'm an efficient receiver. And so I think this time around, uh, it's been even, that's what's been even more rewarding is us seeing receivers that are willing to work with us as a carrier and shippers to make that whole part of the supply chain you know, more effective, more efficient. 
Well, we've saved the best till last because you can't talk about growth in any industry, especially trucking, without discussing the need for people slash drivers in our case. Uh, pay is always important, but uh, another factor that doesn't get the same attention is respect for drivers. Tim, how, how does uh, Crete and Schaefer, how do you guys try to build that foundation with drivers in the recruiting process? Because that's where it all starts, and in some places, that's where it can all end, too. That's absolutely right. And unfortunately, in our industry, we have uh, we have gotten a little bit of a reputation for uh, recruiters maybe be uh, overselling uh, what they may have, and so we we stress very very much here to our recruiters that um, we sell what we can deliver. Uh, we have a, one of our seven principles here is say what you mean and mean what you say, and so we stress that a lot with our recruiters. They're tied in with our operations folks to know, hey, if I'm I'm offering a, a driver position on this fleet, how does that fleet operate? Truly, what can a driver expect? And you know, so we have some great people here. But then we want to ensure that what we do sell, we are delivering on for the drivers. So what we do is we hire a third-party company to make sure we get some independent analysis and review here. And, and we survey our drive, a new driver after they're on board at seven days, basically saying, you know, hey, uh, how did things go coming on board? But more importantly, are the expectations that our recruiters set for you, are they being met? Um, and, you know, seven days isn't very long. So then we do that again at day 45. So the driver's been on with us for a month or so, uh, really out on the road, um, really seeing what the job is. And so we ask them those questions again. And that's very important for us because we take that feedback then and say, hey, where have we not delivered on what we've sold? Because it is so important to build that relationship. And any good relationship, as you know, starts with trust. And certainly if you can have a trusting relationship, it's a respectful relationship. So that's something we, we do uh, stress right up front with our team here. You know, I'm going to do a shameless plug here, Tim. But when you say that that is one of the seven principles, it's actually number two on the list. Number one on the list is going to have to be number one, and it should be number one on any list in trucking. We stress safety first and foremost. We never compromise the safety of our people or those with whom we share the road. That's principle number one. Right under that, we say what we mean and we mean what we say. We deliver on the promises we make. Uh, if, if safety is the kid who makes the A and everybody else is making the Bs, that, that would be number one if you just took safety off the list because it's just a, a given. Uh, but uh, so, I mean, it's the, the uh, cornerstone of uh, your dealings with, with the people that uh, are with the company. It really is because, uh, you know, if we don't live up to our promises, and this is with not with just our drivers, it's with our customers, it's with our office employees, it's with our shop employees, you know, that that's what we're built on. We're built on people uh, as, a, as a company. And as I mentioned before, to have a solid foundation when you're built on people, you have to have a relationship of trust and respect. And that comes by, uh, you know, fulfilling your promises. So that is, as you mentioned, well, while safety will always be first and foremost here, uh, this is a very close second. Well, you know what, me asking you to describe your recruiting process, um, what kind of feedback do you are you getting from drivers about the recruiting process or the recruiting experience? I think is a better way to put that. 
you know, fortunately, it's been very positive. So at, at every one of our orientation classes here um, in Lincoln, where where I'm at most of the time where I office, I, I try to get over there, or Hartan Ostergaard, our, our chairman, tries to get over there. And the most rewarding thing that we hear when we talk to our, our new onboarding recruits is, hey, this has been great. Everything my recruiter told me has been coming true, and, and I didn't expect that. And what what is sad about that is is the I didn't expect that part, and and that's what I mentioned before. Unfortunately, as an industry, we've had too many folks that have set high expectations and not delivered. And so, um, you know, we really feel good about hearing that, and that's what makes us proud as we bring on a new driver. Now we know we still have a lot to deliver uh, after that orientation class, but if we certainly aren't delivering during those first few days, um, yeah, I, I I can see how a driver may not trust what's going to come next. So. That is so important to us, and it is so rewarding when we sit down and talk to those drivers that that's that's truly what is happening here. Always enjoy sitting down talking with you, Tim. Thank you so much for being with us. Great to be on. Thanks, Dave. Tim Ashoff, everybody, president and COO of Crete Carrier Corporation.